All right, we've got a bit of breaking news that we're going to be dealing with here. Um, following the controversial decisions uh, that were uh, taken during the Supersports United versus Bidvest Vets encounter last Saturday, uh, the match commissioner for the game, Stan Swart, filed a report on the match itself. And I'm told that Sofa's review committee uh, sat down on Tuesday night to review the performance of the officials. And I believe the outcome is out. And we are joined on the line by the chairman of referee appointments at Safa, Ari Soldatos. Thank you for your time. Good evening. Hello, Rob. Good evening to you and your listeners. Always good to chat to you. Thank you so much for taking time and, and providing us with clarity, which is ultimately, Ari, all that we want. Um, am I correct in saying that uh, the review committee sat on Tuesday? Uh, give me yes. what you sat down to try and resolve. Certainly, Rob. I don't form part of the review committee. As you know, I've got enough to deal with myself. But um, the review committee did sit in adjudication of that match, the match between Supersport and Vits played last week. And the decision was that the overall performance of referee Pelelani and Daba and that of assistant referee 2, Abel Maputa, was substandard. The result of that was that in the circumstances, both of these two individuals are not to be assigned NSL games, which means the Premier Soccer League and the NFD, for the rest of the season and for three months into the new season, pending their rehabilitation, so to speak, in the lower leagues, which are the regional leagues, the Safa League, so to speak. They would then, in turn, be assessed by season match commissioners, technical committee members, past referees who do these types of things, on a steady progression path with a view to improving their performance, rehabilitating them, and getting their confidence levels back, Rob. Once that's been determined, they will slowly start coming back into the structures. I will then assign them what we call lower-profile games to see whether the rehabilitation has had the appropriate corrective measures on them, and then from there slowly try and see whether we can bring them back into the top league, so to speak. So substandard is what the outcome was. What made it substandard? Did they, did they give you more detail, more meat? Yes, certainly. Absolutely. From Pelelani and Daba's perspective, there were two particular incidents which incurred, let's call it, the criticism of the review committee, and in my view, justifiably so. That was the incident with regard to the elbow. I think it was from Dominguez. If I'm not Dominguez mistaken. on to Dean Furman. That's right, yes. No criticism insofar as the challenge from Dean Furman is concerned. He lunged at him from behind. A yellow card was justified in those particular circumstances. And in fact, subsequent to that, there was a retaliatory type of measure in the terms of abusive language towards the referee. And that was a direct sending off offense. Insofar as the criticism of that incident is concerned, is that Dominguez's elbow actually went by unpunished. So that was a significant area in respect of which he was criticized. And of course, the major area of the criticism from their perspective was the disallowing of what was otherwise a legitimate goal after he had awarded it. Hmm. Now, in those types of situations, Rob, you know, and in fairness to referee Ndaba, you do take your cue from the assistant. He's in a better position overall. He is the person or she is the person who should actually determine whether the ball is over the line. And those are one of the fundamental duties that entrusted to assistant referees in the greater scheme of things. And, you know, and 
just having heard the interviews after the game and like the majority of the people were convinced that the ball was over the line. But um, assistant referee Maputa was of the view that it had not and essentially gave his advice to Ndab at that point in time. And of course, the goal was not to stand, which is indeed most regrettable in all the circumstances. And that cannot so, ever be reversed. I mean, no. Yeah. So it's yeah, the it law stays generally that way. very clear on that, Rob. Once the game restarts, the goal is either allowed or disallowed, and play continues mm-hmm. from there. And just for clarity again, Ari, when Daba, because you can see him signaling to the centre to say that yeah. for what he saw, it was a goal. And yeah. obviously, the assistant referee, from what we saw, was, you know maybe running slightly behind play. So he was not in line when that ball crossed over the line for him to make a decision. However, there were not too many bodies that were blocking his view. So even if he was not in line, uh, there were hardly any bodies. And if he was looking over the line, trust me, that was clear as daylight for anybody to see, unless there's an eye problem. Yeah, and I think your observations, in fact, were correct. He didn't keep up with play, I must say. He wasn't on the goal line, so to speak. But let's be real. In those particular circumstances, when the ball is in flight and hits the bar, it's very difficult for a human being to actually have that same momentum. But um, from his angle, you're absolutely correct. He had an unimpeded view. There was no obstacle, no post, no player, nothing in front of him which might have impeded it. And... Um, yes, I must say, I'd, I'm really, really disappointed at assistant Maputa from that particular perspective. I do know, having been on the line, as you know myself, on many, many sure. occasions that mistakes do happen. And you've got to make a call very, very quickly. But sometimes there's negligence. Sometimes there's gross negligence. And yes, I do understand that it does happen instantly. And it's all fine for us to have a look at slow motions and the like. But I do believe that somebody with that particular experience and that particular understanding and acumen should, in fact, have made the right call. Yeah, because I think the one problem that I had, Ari, was that if you had to compare it, for example, to the Manchester City game uh, against Burnley where they needed... Uh, goal line technology uh, to give mm. an outcome because it was a pretty close call. They, you know, they wouldn't have been sure whether the entire circumference of the ball was over the line. In this case, it was yards in. It wasn't even marginal. You, you know, the, the guys who were sitting on the bench could see that it was over. Um, but there was also another problem again, Ari, if I'm not mistaken, they did not have their headsets. Yes, yes. Why the headset was not there on that particular occasion, Rob, I have no idea. I haven't spoken to Stan Swart, who was the match commissioner on that score. They should have their headsets with them. There may have been a legitimate reason as to why not. But, yes, even so, in those particular circumstances, if the assistant would have been adamant that the ball had not crossed the line in its entirety, I doubt very much whether the referee would have overruled him in the circumstances. Um earpiece or no earpiece in those particular circumstances, Rob.
Okay. But, and, and is that part of the problem, though, that it's, it's gross negligence is, is because it, it was that obvious? I mean, it, it didn't need debate. Um, it, it actually needed Ndaba to say, I overrule you. Could he have overruled his assistant? Also bearing in mind, like you said earlier, that he, he, he can consult, he has to consult, uh, given yes. the proximity of where he thinks the assistant would have been compared to him. But th- the fact that he had shown a sign saying that it was a gold and later changed it, could he have overruled his assistant? Indeed. In theory, the law affords him the full power to make the final call. That is still, notwithstanding the advanced and increased powers which have been given to assistant referees over the years, the referee's decision on those particular points are final. There's no debate about that. So he could have. In practice, whether that happens, Rob, very seldom. Why? Because in a situation such as that, which, as I do say, happens very, very quickly, you know, you do take your cue from the person who, practically speaking, is in the most advantageous position to make the call. So although he had given it and although he had signaled for the retake to take place in terms of a center spot, uh, a center kick and the like, the fact of the matter is, I think he would have been justified in consulting his assistant referee, absolutely. And the fact that he didn't overrule him can't really hold against him from that point of view if he himself was uncertain. If he was absolutely certain, different story. And from his positioning, you know, it's debatable for him to say or for us to determine whether he was 100% certain or not. But to overrule your assistant in those particular circumstances is indeed a big ask. Mm. He, he was in a favorable position, though. I mean, I remember that very, very clearly. He also yeah. had great um, line of sight in terms of where the ball would have been. And, uh, yes. you know, I, I, I thought, you know, he made the call. He, he called it and we were, you know, everybody was quite clear that that was going to be the final decision. Somebody asked a very valid question here on Twitter, uh, says that at least something is done about the match officials. However, I'm disappointed that nothing is done about the elbow incident. Retrospectively, can like a review committee, award a yellow retrospectively? You know, we don't have those powers in the South African context. I think from that point of view, the Constitution would have to be revisited, either in terms of the NSL or SAFA, in order to afford that. I know in other jurisdictions, football jurisdictions throughout the world, certain of them do have them, but I'm not aware of any, Rob. And the review team, somebody says, can they award card. So you, you've just answered that saying absolutely yes. not. It, it, the jurisdiction here uh, is such that it curtails them from doing that. Sure. The, sure. You know, Rob, sorry, carry on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I think the information that we need is, is more important from you than my gazillion questions. So go right ahead. <laughs> no, on the contrary, your gazillion questions are always well-founded. I found that over the years, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was going to ask you know, is, 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 yes. is regarding, uh, it's, it's again based on clarity, which you might have alluded to earlier, but which might not have stood out, is that the red card for Dean Furman was a straight red or an accumulation of a second yellow. Yes, I think it was a straight red. It was a straight red for foul and abusive language. Now, you know, that's always a very gray area in the scheme of things. Because, gosh, I remember even in my days of refereeing, in many instances, you would just turn a deaf ear 
to abusive language and the like. It happens. Frustrations, the temperaments are high and the like. I think in this particular instance, nonetheless, from what I can understand, it was directed directly at the referee. Mm. And in those circumstances, the law is clear. Foul and abusive language in terms of Law 12 warrants an immediate dismissal from the field of play. That's it. But, you know, if we were to really practically implement that, we'd probably be left with very few players on the field of play at the end of 90 minutes. You know, so this is always something which is of contention because some referees will take a hard line you remember a guy like Errol Sweeney, for example, our good friend. He was very, very much a hardline referee. He did not tolerate abusive language. And the coaches warned their players beforehand. Oh, we've got the hanging judge. Be careful out there, guys. Other guys were far more chilled and far more relaxed about that and would have a quiet word in the ear of the offending player and life would move on from that particular perspective. So, you know, that's always, as I say, a bit of a gray area from the perspective of whether it's a discharge or whether, in fact, you should just have a word with the offending player, so to speak. All right. I mean, obviously, this has garnered a lot of interest. And if you don't mind, um, I've still got one or two questions to ask you, Ari. But I I want to involve uh, a few of our callers that are calling through. Parks and Joburg also wanting to ask a question. Good evening. Uh, uh, Robza. Yeah, welcome. I just want to pose the question quickly. Some of us who watch a lot of European football in terms of refereeing, and which we think in terms of them, the referees, in terms of the application of the rules of the game, they are far better, not perfect, but far better than the local referees. We have seen even the players, in terms of not agreeing with the, with, with the referee decision that he might have taken, uh, sometimes even engage in some kind of a, a scaffold in, uh, discussion yana there. Now, our referees, in terms of uh, being harsh on the players, especially when the emotions are high in, in South Africa, look at what happened to Dean Femen, that this, coming, this previous Saturday. Then the referees quickly reacted. And what I'm saying is, it is up to SAFA to look at the whole thing and we, some of us listen to this show on Wednesdays when you bring this lower divisions, legal departments, and all of that. Mm. Then you see the biasness of SAFA in terms of application of the rules and regulations, but in, to the coaches, to the players in the field of play. Then so the, 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 the files will be flying left, right, and center against the players. And now what is SAFA doing? And the referees themselves, he's the chairman of the referees and all of that. What are they doing in regard to that? Okay, Ari, I'm not, you, you, right. you got Fair that here. Point, Box. Thanks, thanks yes, so much, Parks. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you for that question. It's well premised in certain respects. When I have a look at our European counterparts and I have a look at the standard of refereeing and the application of the laws, generally speaking, Parks and to all of the listeners as well, I think we also need to take a step back and understand that the majority of those officials are full-time professional officials. That is all they do. They wake up in the morning, they go training, they do their bit, they sit and they watch the post-mortem games which have been undertaken over the weekend, they get together, they discuss, that's all they do, that is their jobs. Our perspective is the majority of the guys here have day jobs, so to speak. That's number one. Number two, 
Insofar as the overall application is concerned, yes, there have been some mistakes. I understand that those mistakes are intensified and certainly come under much more public scrutiny at this time of the year, this time of the season, so to speak, because of the costliness thereof, make no mistake. But when you look, and I've repeated this before, Rob, yeah. probably getting tired of hearing this, but when you look at how many games are undertaken under the auspices of the NSL from September through to May of each year, and relatively speaking, how few factual serious incidents there are, just in response to Parks there, the application isn't so bad. There's always room for improvement. And yes, we are going through a transitional phase in refereeing ourselves now. We're bringing, and all of the listeners would have seen, that during the course of this season, there have been reasonably inexperienced officials which have been assigned fairly high-profile games. That's part of the development process and individuals coming through. So we are in a transitional phase, and we are metamorphosizing now. The likes of Daniel Bennett, Tim Yanni, Victor Klungwani, and the likes, still excellent referees. In many instances, unfortunately, their fitness levels are now starting to decline, understandably. They've been in the game for many years. But with this new crop of referees that we have, generally speaking, I think we've done fairly well this year. Not the way I would really have liked, but certainly I believe that in the next season there will be improvement. As far as overall application and understanding is concerned, I have long been a proponent of getting the referees together with the club management getting them to interact better, to understand, to discuss their respective concerns. You know, basically allowing them to understand how the law should be applied, what they can expect going forward, so they too can actually advise their players how they should approach matters. So yes, definitely room for improvement parks, there's no question about it. But to say that we're considerably substandard, I would take issue with you on that there, my friend. All right, let me bring Tabo in from Randburg. Good evening, Tabo. Hi, uh, Robert, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. Ari's here, go ahead. I'm good, man. Uh, Robert, I have two questions. Sure. Um, what is SAFA and SL are doing in terms of getting uh, all parties that are involved in, in, in football to be professional? I mean, it's, it's high time that um, we get everybody to be professional and being accountable. Uh, the second question is um, uh, fair play. You know, we don't talk about when when is fair play fair play. I think as players themselves, uh, the opposition saw that was a goal. Why wasn't fair play uh, implemented from the opposition opposition team? That's my question. Okay, good one, Tabo. Thank you so much. Um, Ari, you want to maybe start with fair play? I'll, we'll come back to the one about uh, the professionalization of referees. Certainly, um, Tabo. That's a that's a great question. Actually, fair play particularly in a game like that, which was generally played in a tough but well-intended spirit and the like should prevail. The reality is, unfortunately, in so many instances, our game has become one of win-at-all-costs, irrespective. There are financial considerations. There's repercussions along those lines. There's posturing for positions at this time of the season. And you could see how intensely fought that particular game was. So, yes, fair play should prevail. I absolutely agree there, Tabo. I think that that would be in the spirit and the content of the game and the way things are. But I really think that all things being considered, 
in an ideal world, that would be fine. Look at the hand of God. Why didn't Maradona turn around and say, you know what, I actually hit that ball in with my hand. It, it doesn't really happen. And if it does happen, it, helped, it happens seldomly. As far as professionalization is concerned, we're on the same page. Once again, personally, I've long been a proponent for the professionalization of the game from a refereeing perspective. I believe it's absolutely overdue. I believe that we need to go out there and secure appropriate sponsors to ensure that the game is given adequate form of redress insofar as officiating is concerned. I beg your pardon, is concerned. In these particular circumstances, we find that there is so much money involved now. So much is demanded from a physical, from a mental, from a technical perspective of the officials. It's honestly difficult for them to serve two masters, so to speak, Tabo. So you and I are on the same page. And gosh, I'll do whatever I can. I will continue to do whatever I can from my particular personal perspective with the authorities to try and get something going from that point of view. If, for example, a Ronwin Williams had decided to pull a Miroslav Kloiser, if you remember him admitting to a handball uh, after the referee had given the goal, but then he admitted that he hit it with his hand and then the referee um, obviously cancelled that goal. If a Ronwin Williams had to say to the referee, you know what, let's be fair, I saw it with my eyes, the ball was over the line. Yes. What would the outcome As long be? as play had not been restarted, the referee could then exercise his discretion and say, good. Well, if the offending player is actually saying that, yes. Once play has been restarted and the goal has either been allowed or disallowed, Rob, mm. then it needs to carry on. But it, within the consultation, like they were busy consulting, and if Rowan had to go in there and say, referee, assistant yep. referee, I'm the goalkeeper. I saw the entire circumference of the ball way into the goal line, um, into my goal area. It is a goal. What would yes. then happen? The referee would exercise his discretion and he would say, in those particular circumstances, Mr. Assistant, I've heard from the goalkeeper, who was probably the closest and in the spirit of fair play and the like, to use Tabo's terminology, I'm awarding the goal. And that's it. He could perfect. Mm. He could have done that. He is the final arbiter on all those decisions. So he would exercise his discretion appropriately. All right. And Vuseni is in Bloemfontein. Good evening. Good, good evening, Robin. How are you, man? I'm very, very good, man. Ari's here to answer, you know, is helping us plug along here. Yes, Rob. <laughs> yes, Robin. Let me ask two questions from Armin. Sure. The, the first question, Rob, is the uniformity of the sanction, which they are imposing to the referees. Explain you. Remember you, that, yeah. you remember that there was an issue of Edward Madidilana from Blomfandini, who was also suspended. Are you with me? Yeah, following you. Yes. Yes, and there's an issue of Mr. Ndaba. I want to know from them, how often do they come publicly and advise us about their referees whom they have sanctioned or whom they have suspended? Because right. you, you will remember that mm-hmm. there are series of incidents whereby their referees failed to apply the laws. Sure. Sure. Okay. 
All right. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fair question, and, and I think to allow you a bit of time uh, to indulge in answering that, Ari, uh, I'll give you a, a, a two-minute break. We need to take a quick spot break. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. We'll keep that question in mind. I think sure. it's a it, it's an important question, really. It is, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. All right, we've got Ari Soldatos, the chairman of the referee's appointments at SAFA, and obviously with that breaking news of saying that the review committee sat on Tuesday and that they presided and has just given us the outcome of what it is that happened. 0605842250 I do believe as well that lots of your uh, WhatsApp voice notes are coming through. Questions as well to Ari Soldatos uh, who is helping us to understand. I know a lot of you have not been happy with refereeing this season and Ari has said well a lot of new referees have come through maybe not as experienced uh, as one would want. It's a professional game. The referees are amateur. Is the only way that you can put it. Neither one is incorrect. It is what it is. We'll take your calls. We'll listen to Ari after this. Hashtag MSW. All right, 0605842250. Ari Soldatos, chairman of the referee's appointments at SAFA, is on the line. Uh, he's my guest. We're chatting all things to do with refereeing and the uh, current situation and the outcome of the review committee that sat on Tuesday. Uh, but also, lots of your questions. I think uh, very, very important questions indeed uh, that are coming through. Uh, maybe, Ari, before we take any of the other questions on voice note, uh, let, let's deal with the last caller. Um, who obviously pose a very important question as well to you. Yes, absolutely, Rob. There were two particular elements to the question sure. of Buseni, I think his name was. Um, the first one related to the consistency or lack of consistency in terms of the review decisions. Now, you know, the review sits in adjudication of many matters, not only the controversial ones, so to speak, which result in a game being changed or the results of the game being changed. But in numerous instances, they sit in adjudication of overall performance of referees with a view to correcting errant referees, for want of a better word, where perhaps they may have gone wrong. Now, in instances where there is a changed result as a result of a referee's indiscretion or error, the standard which has generally been applied is that which was set, and you will recall this, I'm sure, mm-hmm. around about September 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember the incident down in Cape Town with Cedric Muvali and Patrick Jafter? Yep. It was the, I think it was Cape Town City and Polokwane, if I recall. Yeah, you might be and right with that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was... Basically, it was a similar situation to this. Not exactly the same, not identical. But in that particular instance, the review determined that it would be appropriate to impose a similar sanction as has been imposed with referees in Daba and Maputa. Now, in that particular instance, they went on a rehabilitation program. They were suspended for three months. They went through the whole system. They went through the regional leagues. They were assessed. They were monitored. And slowly they progressed their way back into the elite structures, so to speak. Once they had achieved that, I'm really, really happy to say that referee Muvali has probably become one of the better referees this season. His performances, his overall assessments are right up on top, and he has performed commendably. Now, I don't want to put what your colleagues call the commentator's curse on him here. We've got critical games coming up over the next two weeks. But the fact of the matter is, this 
does work. And the decisions have been fairly consistent from that particular perspective, particularly not so much the scoreline, but when the result of the game from a draw to a loss or a loss to a win or whatever the case may be is implemented as a result of that, those decisions have been consistent. As far as publicly, um, let's call it rebuking, the referees are concerned in the review. As previously advised, I'm a strong proponent of that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm actually here Mm. talking to you is to actually alert the public to the fact that this particular assistant referee and referee have been sanctioned. Um, The sanction should not be seen as being punitive. We always try and be corrective. Bear in mind that so much from a time and money perspective has been invested into these referees. We don't really want to destroy them. And as a result of that, from that point of view, we do come public now. And I think you can agree that things are generally a lot more transparent than they've been over the years previously from that point of view. Um, Yeah, so we don't make every decision on every referee and every assistant referee public because we don't quite see the purpose of that. It's only the, let's call it, intense decisions, the high-risk decisions which were made and those which have really attracted public scrutiny and attention that we believe we need to come out with and explain the public or explain to the public what has happened. No, without a doubt, and, and that is why I'm, I'm always grateful for your, for your time and indulgence again, Ari, uh, because it is important. Um, I'm sure some members... Uh, that work within the same office might, you know, I might not show them with the same praise uh, because when a Zakele Siwela is prevented from going to do duty on the continent uh, by one of the heads, uh, they are not answerable. We we try and phone and say, why did you block him from going to do duty? Which is something that South Africans should be proud of. Uh, but nobody wants to answer for that. So, you know, we, we get positives in terms of the interviews that we can have within Ari Soldatos, but uh, if, you know, other members higher up, whether it's HOD, whatever uh, the positions are, it, it's disappointing because we, we, we want answers and we want to know how a, a very progressive assistant referee, the only assistant and the only personnel that we had uh, at the World Cup last year is prevented from doing duty. Then that disappoints me. Gosh. I did hear something along those lines. Yes, Rob, I have no idea as to what actually happened. But if that is something which is still under contention, then perhaps you do need to raise it and see exactly what happened. We, we I'm not will. quite sure of the circumstances there, yes. No, without a doubt. But Siwela has done this country proud. And he continues. In no small measure. And continues, and continues. absolutely. Yeah. He's, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the finest, not only on the continent, but in the world. His application is sublime, really it is. Yeah. Let's let's get more uh, questions, though, from our voice notes. Uh, good evening, Prarop and the listeners. Uh, Prarop, can you please ask your 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 your, your guest there uh, that where where was this review committee from the beginning of the season, and ask how many um, games did they review, which is the the review committee, and 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 thirdly, how many referees and assistants. Do, do they think they need to go back to 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 to, to learning the the rules of the game? Because I will say this, Prarob, all the referees and assistants, except the 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 the, the young woman who was doing the game uh, of e- Kaiser Chiefs and Plumfontein Celtics, she's the only one who I give hundred percent for that game. 
so so how many have they reviewed and how many have have they demoted sia from pe thank you so much sia um i, I thought as well O'Connor had a, a great game um there was very few i think she she played uh yeah I, I think there was an advantage that she played well uh she dealt with the head injury very well got you know attention the players were you know obviously unhappy whatever it was she got the call for the free kick that resulted in the goal uh, quite well so you know i just thought overall observing her in action was great i don't know what your take is Yes, absolutely, Rob. Just to answer what Sia was saying over there, Akona was superb. She wasn't bullied. She wasn't intimidated. No matter how difficult the situation was in which she found herself, she maintained her composure and she administered the system 100% to the letter of the law and to the spirit of the game as well. It was a difficult game from a technical perspective to referee, make no mistake. And we put her there specifically for that particular purpose because we knew the intensity of that particular game. Both teams have not been doing tremendously well, and we knew that it would be a reasonably tough game for her to actually manage. And having received some commendable assessments over the preceding period in the NFD in particular, I took a jump and said, right, let's put her in here and let's see. And my co-committee members agreed You made with a me. big call. A big call. Sorry, yeah, Ari. no, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry to come in. I need to take a quick spot break. I'll be back. We'll wrap up with Ari after this. Hashtag MSW. And once again, we do thank Ari Soldatos for his indulgence and for being with us as we wrap up our conversation with him. He's the chairman of the referees' appointments at SAFA. I haven't forgotten the question regarding uh, the review committee, where it was when the season started, etc. But let me take Kumzugisi uh, Twina's tweet. He says, players win goals of the month, teams win Q innovations, etc. We've seen how these motivate players and teams. Do we have referee of the month? Why not? And how are these referees motivated? Safa should really invest in referees if we want our game to improve. Is this a good idea, Ari? I think it's a great idea. Having a referee of the month would be a superb, absolutely superb initiative. As you know, we do have a referee of the year, an assistant referee of the year, but I think that's a little bit too late, so to speak. Yes, it's wonderful to become the referee of the year, make no mistake, but I think that's a great initiative. Firstly, it acts as a type of um, incentive for the officials concerned. Secondly, it draws the attention of the public to the identity of that particular individual, and I think generally it's a very good initiative. I'd go along with that 100%, Rob. The review committee, where was it earlier this year? Has it sat? How often has it sat? Yes, Sia's question. Believe it or not, Rob, these guys sit every Tuesday religiously. My word, you must see the work they come up with. We get these reports. So many games, so many videos, so many DVDs assessed. Really, I've often sat and wondered how on earth do these guys do it and where do they find the time from? They come up with their recommendations. Please understand, because they're basically a subcommittee of the SAFA Referees Committee, they have no decision-making powers as such. They only have recommendatory powers. So what we do is when we get a particular assessment on a referee, and it's an adverse assessment, we'll look at it and we'll say, yes, we'll go with it. 99% of the time we do go along with it. In circumstances where, as I said earlier on, not every single 
punitive or corrective sanction which is taken against a referee is made public. It's the only the one that at the end of the day which attack which attract public scrutiny that we believe needs to be brought to the attention of the public in general. So just to come back to what Sia was saying, every single week, Sia, without fail, and I can assure you I have many, many, many lever arch files of the reports which these review committee members have compiled. Really, Rob, they do a great job. And I think Futingwala kind of captures, you know, the question as a follow-up. He says, my only gripe with the committee is the selective reviewing. Some of the incidents that warranted reviews weren't done. So maybe it goes back again, Ari, to the communication of what it is that is done. Because if nothing is said, then people assume that nothing was done. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Really, and I'm good. once again, I want to take this back to my committee at our next meeting. And I actually want to reinforce with them that perhaps we really need to, irrespective of the so-called, let's say, triviality, Maybe we do need to say, just issue a media statement and say, these are the sanctions, these are the corrective measures, the like, which have been taken against our officials. Then at least this perspective that the individual, that the public seems to have, that no action is taken and that there's this, non, this committee is a non-entity, so to speak, I believe will then be neutralized completely. A referee is still poorly paid. <laughs> you ask anybody if they're poorly paid, I'm sure 90% of us will say yes. Rob, I don't believe so. I believe that the referees earn fair consideration for um, the work that they do. I believe it's fair compensation. It can always be a bit more. And I believe that as the games intensify and the prize money becomes bigger and players' salaries become bigger, so too should the referees' remuneration increase as well. But once again... I believe that the ultimate solution to all of this is the, is the professionalization of referees. I do believe that with our football and the advanced stage to which it has progressed over the last couple of years, that that is the medium to long-term solution. All right. And our immediate solution to you, Ari, is to take a final tweet from Sandile Dumane Kagaza, who says, if there's one thing that we can credit Ari on, is his willingness to come to the show and account and answer most of the questions honestly. And that is all we ask in our leadership. And Thanks, Sandile. I appreciate it. Thank and that, you. And that's all I, I, I need to say as a positive as well, Ari, that it, it might not always be comfortable, but the thing is you're available. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Always a pleasure chatting to you and your listeners, Rob. Thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Chairman of the Referees Appointments at SAFA, Ari Soldatos, joining me on the line. All right, that brings us to the top of the hour.